As always, I'm your host, Jameez, and I'm joined by Dylan. Good day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's we me. <laughs> two episodes in a row we're together. Let's go. That's big. First time in who knows how long at this point. Like a month. <laughs> yeah. L- legitimately. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we are back for our playoff uh, preview here, I guess. Um, we'll talk about our we'll talk about the playing games, I guess, as we hit each series. Right. Like yeah. that was affected by it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to go through each series, uh, look at one key for each team, key matchups and make our predictions as to what uh, is going to happen in this series. So let's get started in the East with the Sixers and the Wizards. And Dylan, do you want to go first on this one? What is your key factor for the Sixers? Um, my key factor for the Sixers here is uh, get the defense revved up now Yeah. Um, for the playoffs. Like They've got two really effective os- offensive players for the Wizards, but also the Sixers have really good defensive tools and I think it's important for them to you know get the defense started now for the playoff run right Um, because it's got to be important for this series Um, you know obviously this isn't the best team in the east or anything that they're going up against but there's a lot of offense that can come from this team and the uh, the Sixers have the potential to play a lot of defense against it so they need to get that started now yeah I mean I think the thing is like there's a lot of Guard defense is obviously already a very strong thing for the Sixers. Right. You know, you've got Ben Simmons. He's taking Bradley Beal, obviously. Yeah. Or, or, or Russell Westbrook. And then you've yep. got Matisse Seibel. Uh, excuse me, for the other guy. Um, I don't really think it's something they need to worry about, which is why my kind of key is just play like they normally do. Yeah. If they play like they have in the regular season, they're going to win. It's yeah. that simple. They play yeah. the defense that they play. They run their offense through Joel Embiid. They get nice open shots for guys like Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. What more do you need? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't trying to imply that they weren't playing defense beforehand. I just think if they can get it to like a super elite level, because you're right, they have the guys to do that. Uh, Danny Green as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, beat in the paint. Um, even Tobias Harris is like a big, strong dude. Um, like, the the players are there to have an elite defense throughout this postseason. And I think it gets started here. Yeah. yeah Though, now that here. you do mention Danny Green, I am going to hit the panic button on him. Oh, baby. <laughs> He's really old. He is really old. But <laughs> he he's played, and he played really old last playoffs. But he looked all right this season. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, he looked all right last regular season as well, I think. And then... That is true. Come the playoffs, he just played like he was completely washed and should be out of the league. Right. So, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about Danny Green. Obviously, I don't think it matters too much for the first round. But going yeah. forward, he could be a rough... He could be a rough player. It could be. But it could also be someone replaceable on this Sixers team. I for sure, like. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, someone to keep an eye on that, though, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, as for the Wizards, uh, my kind of key to the series is I kind of, again, disagree a little bit with what you've said in that you said, like, there's a lot of offense for the Wizards. They have two offensive players, let's be real mm-hmm. here. And I think what they need is they need a consistent third scoring option. Um, right. The thing is, I have no idea who that is. Is it Rui Hachimura? Is it um, Daniel Gafford? Bertans. Bertans. Yeah. I mean, it, of them, probably Bertans, but, like, even then... Right. Is he going <coughs> to give you more than, like, 14? Yeah. Probably not. And if they don't get that, Beal and Westbrook can only do so much. You know, if reasonably you need 100 points a game, if that's not coming, you know, if you can't get to 75, 80 yeah. using your third guy, then there's a problem. Or I guess 70 using your third guy, there's a bit of a problem. Right. 
Well, I mean, Westbrook and Beal, you're right, obviously, the two main guys. But, you know, Bertans is a shooter. Um, Gafford is a guy that can roll and find himself open in the paint sometimes. Maybe not against Embiid. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez can hit that little floater shot thing. Mm. Um, Hachimura is also a guy that can s- score, you know, in, in spurts, I, I feel like. Um, I feel like an Ish Smith can also handle the ball and get guys shots and, you know, get crafty layups Ish and Smith stuff like is that. an interesting one because he, he did play very well in the playing games as well. I really liked yeah. watching him there. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think the devoid of offense throughout their whole roster pretty much um they don't have a legit third option you're right mm. but um i mean that's why i feel like the Sixers' defense is important for them to get started just because there is a lot of offense that can come from a lot of different places but the Sixers can match up with that pretty easily yeah yeah i mean i think really they need to kind of keep westbrook keep beal as contained as possible and then the offense just falls apart and the team falls apart really i mean yeah. like Obviously, they were very impressive in uh, both playing games, I think. I mean, even though they did end up losing to the Celtics there, though that is kind of an example of the fact that they just didn't have enough offense to deal with the Celtics. Obviously, they couldn't stop Jason Tatum. He went for, what, 50, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't stop him, but a bit more offense, and they're actually a lot more competitive in that game. Yeah. Um, They did end up just killing the paces, though, so I guess it's like sometimes it's on, sometimes it isn't. Yeah. And I mean, the Pacers don't have a great defense either, so if they can exploit stuff like that. Yeah, they can get it going. Um, yeah, for the for me, for the Wizards, it's about getting the ball out of Embiid's hands um, and making guys like Simmons and Harris, uh, you know, have to be the main option for the Sixers team because Embiid's going to eat eat up everyone, every center they have on that Wizards yeah. roster. Um, there's not a single good matchup there. Um, if it's Len, he's just got to out trick him and get to the free throw line. If it's Lopez, Lopez is probably the best option mm. really. But even then, he's older and not as athletic. And Gafford's kind of not really big enough yet. Um, so for the Wizards, it's about making other guys beat you. Um, for you know, making other Sixers beat you, especially someone like Harris, who has been up and down in the playoffs uh, in the past, um, especially with a lot of downs. Um, make him prove himself. Obviously, you know, someone like Seth Curry could also go off. But really, if Embiid is going to go for thirty and fifteen every night, it's it's going to be a sweep. Like, yeah, they need to make other guys beat him, especially someone like Simmons, who make him prove he can, you know, lead this offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of leads me to my key matchup. I think my key matchup for the series is uh, Robin Lopez versus it's Robin, right? Yeah, yeah. Robin Lopez <laughs> versus um, Joel Embiid. Yeah, he needs to get physical with him. Like the thing is with the playoffs. I'm I'm hoping this happens, and not just for the series. I'm hoping in general the refs swallow their whistles a little bit. Yeah. Like there's been a lot of just guys getting fouls where they really shouldn't. Guys getting way too many free throws uh, this season. And if Embiid gets fewer free throws than he has been getting, I think he's averaged like 12 free throws a game or something like that. So, if yeah. that drops down to like you know seven, eight, where you'd reasonably expect it to be, if Robin Lopez can make it like really physical on him, obviously like you know Embiid is bigger than Robin Lopez. He's right. the biggest guy on the court. Um, but, you know, a guy like Lopez, if he can make it physical and Embiid's not getting all the calls that he normally gets, it might throw him out of rhythm a little bit. And that's, I think, what they want. They, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily about the matchup of Robin Lopez. It's just that that's six fouls to give. Daniel right. Gafford is six fouls to give. For Alex sure. Lennon is six fouls to give. Make it tough, make it physical, and make him, like, actually work for those points, assuming he doesn't get the friendly whistle. If he right. does get the friendly whistle, you're screwed. I mean, yeah, right now it seems like... He's going to get the friendly whistle, like, as as far as we've seen in the regular season. Um, even throughout his whole career, he's a high free-throw shooting guy. Um, 
Yeah, it'll be it, that will be important what the what the refs do there. Um, my key matchup is actually Westbrook versus Simmons because I feel like it's important what sort of defense Simmons plays on Westbrook. Mm. Like if he can really pester Westbrook um, as a ball handler and get him discomforted and stuff and make him take bad shots, then this offense is going to fall apart pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but also on the other end, Westbrook can sort of roam defensively here with Simmons obviously not being a three-point shooter. Um, it's interesting how Westbrook will play that, sort of playing passing lanes a bit more and going for steals and stuff like that, mm. just creating a bit more havoc and a bit more transition play that I think the Wizards could probably uh, use, especially with Westbrook. And you know, Embiid's not the fastest guy in the world, so getting up up and down with him not in the play defensively yeah. uh, is, is important for the Wizards. Transition's definitely kind of, I think, yeah. where... They're gonna really find their groove in the series if they do end up finding it. Yeah. Um. They're such a like they're such a fast team. Yeah. Ish Smith is surprisingly fast. He's like one of the fastest guys in the league. He's like ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, if you get guys like that out there, like I mean, weirdly the Wizards could just punt defense and play really small. I mean, it's probably mm. not gonna go too well for them. But no. <laughs> I don't think anything's gonna go super well for them really. Yeah. I mean, that sort of gets to our prediction. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have the sixes and five. I have the sixes and five. And I don't know about you, you could talk me into a sweep. Yeah, you could definitely talk me into a sweep. I have a I have a Westbrook game, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, no, I think they'll lose yeah. every other one. I have a Westbrook and Bill game. <laughs> you take yeah. both. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think a game by either of them alone gets them a W. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, <laughs> maybe. So if they do get to five, it's because they both had a game. Yeah, yeah okay. All right, let's get to the next series here with the Nets and the Celtics. Um, so I'll get started with the Nets here. Um, but we actually kind of have the same prediction or a very similar prediction mm-hmm. in that what the Nets should be doing for this series, their key to the series, is just let Tatum be the only threat on offense and just take everyone else out of it. Um, I have some stats here from it. So uh, the Nets went 3-0 this season, um, and they led Jason Tatum to put up 38 points, 31 points, and 20 points because there was only five other 10-point performances of guys who are going to play in this series. Right, across the three games. Across the three games. Wow. Of the guys that are playing in this series. So Jalen Brown, I think, had two. Okay. Um, and there was... Uh, Daniel Tice had one as well. Right. Um, but yeah, so... If you take... If you let Tatum score 35, 40 points per game, but you don't let anyone else score more than 10, you're going to win. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just not enough points to go around. Yeah, I said... Um, harass ball handlers. Like, if... Like the if the Nets can get up into the guys that will have the ball for the Celtics, the Celtics ball handlers aren't really that strong. Um, they've got Kemba, obviously, but um, like other than that, it's Smart, it's Fournier, um, and then the rookie Peyton Pritchard. Um, mm. They can really get into those guys and make them uncomfortable and make the offense slow down a, f- a fair bit for the Celtics. It's going to get pretty ugly and just yeah, it's going to have to end up being Tatum. I feel like if the Nets can play good defense, which I feel like they can. Play passable defense on the guys that are there for the for Celtics. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not too concerned about you know Kyrie Irving being able to defend Marcus Smart. I guess. Yeah. Like, even if Kyrie Irving isn't the strongest defender of the world, Marcus yeah. Smart isn't the strongest offensive player in the world. Like, these are the guys that these guys get their shots based on their styles and based on Tatum and Brown. But obviously, no Brown. And yeah, if you let Tatum do all the scoring, eventually they're just gonna run out of points. I guess. Right, especially when. It's Tatum alone trying to outscore Kyrie, KD, and yeah, Harden. Yeah, it's, it's going to be impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the for the Celtics, so uh, my prediction, sorry, not my prediction, my kind of key to the series here is that they need to just defend without fouling. They allowed, 60, they allowed 81 free throw attempts for the Nets in their three games against okay. them. 
which is absurd. And they shot 68 <laughs> for 81, which I'm blanking on what the number was, but that's like high 70s, low 80s in percentage. Right. That's just a lot of points. 68 points in three games of free throws. They need to just defend without fouling. Obviously, part of that will be playoffs and, you know, the Nets maybe not getting as friendly a whistle as they normally would. But, yeah, I don't really know how they defend without fouling, but they yeah. just that needs to be their number one priority because yeah. these are way, that's way too many free throws to be allowing. Yeah, and it's and it's tough because, I don't, you know, these are these Nets guys are the type of guys that actually earn fouls. Um, like, these, these shouldn't... Harden. Harden, but KD and Kyrie, yeah, for sure. they like, get their fouls. Um, so it's hard to see them being swallowed up, per se, because mm. um, they're not really ticky-tacky ones. Um, yeah, that's going to be important. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I said um, pray, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pray or get the ball out of the hands of the Stars and make the other guys win, but mostly pray, because... I think it's coming. <laughs> yeah. I think the Nets are coming. <laughs> the thing is, even if you get it into the other guy's hands, the other guys are still pretty good. They're all very capable. Joe Harris, Jeff Green, to, uh, TLC. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shamit, Bruce Brown, Black Griffin, Jeff Green. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan's a lob threat. Yeah. There's a lot of guys there. <laughs> I also heard that Dinwiddie might be coming back. Unlikely. but I That would be that. crazy if he makes a comeback. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. If he's actually good for them, it's actually over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, our key matchup here. I'll let you go first on this one. Um, just KD and Tatum, just because it's going to be fun. Fair. Yeah, it's just going to be two best scorers in the series. For me, it's just whoever's defending Marcus Smart, which I'd imagine would probably be Kyrie. Uh, maybe. Probably Kyrie. Ho- maybe Harden. Oh, uh, no, Kyrie would be on Kemba. Then Harden. Sure. Harden, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Marcus Smart was their second leading scorer um, in the season series uh, this year. He put up. I think he had one 19-point game and two 13-point games. And, you know, that's their second-leading scorer. Yeah. But it's like, if you take him out of it, especially, yeah. what are they supposed to do? Like, who's yeah. going to score anything? Yeah, the the, the X-factor in this is, is Kemba. If Kemba can be, you know, get back to a 22-point game scorer for the playoffs. Mm. That's big, obviously, for the Celtics. Um, is it likely? Is it likely? Probably not. No. <laughs> uh, big doubt there. Um yeah, just because he's he hasn't looked super great all season. He has moments, but you know, if you put Harden on Kemba, I mean, that's another big body that he's got to try and work through. Mm. Um, and now that Harden doesn't have to do everything on offense, I feel like he can focus on his defense a bit more. So, yeah, if Kemba can get it going, then there's a bit more interest. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our predictions here. I have the Nets in five. I've got the Nets in five. Yeah. You have the Nets in four written here, but oh well, I had a different on my piece of paper here. I it- mean. I'll go Nets at four. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I think the Celtics get like... No, I don't think the Celtics get a game. I think the, all three Nets stars have an off game. Somehow. In the same game? Uh, yes. Interesting. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very interesting. I think one game they play... Re- the Celtics play good defense. Don't, don't worry, they kind of earn it. Um, don't come after me, Celtics fans. Um, they earn a win. But yeah, I think it'll be a matter of... Oh, these guys just aren't hitting their shots. You know what? We'll just win later. We'll just <laughs> win later. I don't know if that's actually mathematically possible for all three of them not to have a good game. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um. Now, yeah, let's get to our next series here with the Bucks and the Heat. And you can go first. Oh, baby. Where do I start? So For the Bucks? For the Bucks, it's about maximizing the defensive tools they have. Mm. Um, if they can really set up a scary defense with Drew Holiday 
uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis, PJ Tucker, and Brooke Lopez. It's hard for any team to score on that five. Oh, yeah. Ex- like, let alone the Heat, who have been struggling on offense all season. Mm. Like, Drew Holiday is such a different beast <laughs> than Eric Bledsoe last yeah. last offseason. It's scary. Uh, even PJ Tucker is another huge big body. Um, yeah, there's a lot of problems. And, like, they can set up pretty much any type of defense they want. Like, the, all that length and zone uh, is going to be crazy to see man to man it's always it's going to be scary um if they could yeah if they can make the most of their defensive tools then it's going to be a very tough series for the heat yeah um for me i i've kind of gone more offensive here they should really just focus on crashing the offensive glass i think you know Giannis is going to try to get a lot of his points inside and obviously defense probably going to collapse on him because they don't want him to do that so if they really crash that offensive glass with guys like brooke lopez and get it out to their shooters they're going to have a really good time this series. Just yeah. like, yeah, no, if if they're giving up a lot of defensive rebounds, like if they're obviously laying the heat, have all their defensive rebounds, yeah. it's tough because, you know, they have to get back in transition every play. Um, Not to say that Giannis is going to miss every shot, but it's right. got, they're going to make it tough for him and yeah. they need to really just get those second chances. Yeah, for sure. I, I looked into that when I was doing my research. Um, The heat are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. But then they don't give up a lot of offensive rebounds. Right. Apparently. Yeah. So I mean, it's something they can do. But obviously, yeah, if a team puts emphasis on it, this is a Heat team with not a whole lot of size around the four position. Yeah. Um, and Bam's already an undersized uh, center. So yeah, there's definitely potential for a lot of offensive rebounds. Yeah. All right, and then for the Heat, uh, I we need to get Jimmy mismatches um, mm-hmm. and try and expose Giannis again, sort of his weaknesses and shooting and. A bit of uh, ball insecurity when he's dribbling and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like we need to get Giannis playing like he did last year, but that's hard to do with Drew Holiday around now who can handle the ball mm-hmm. a bit more. Um, probably some more reliable shooters around him. Um, but also getting Jimmy mismatches on guys like DiVincenzo and, you know, if Bryn Forbes ends up playing in this series, um, who else is going to play here? Uh, even Middleton, I feel like Jimmy's got the not the mismatch, but he's got the advantage there mm-hmm. over Middleton. Um, we're gonna really have to make the most of those. Gonna make the defense collapse and find our shooters. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's about running shooters off the line. Really, yeah. um, you know, uh, that's the kind of big difference between the Bucks of last year and the Bucks of this year. They have a lot more shooters. They have just a lot more offensive threats right now. To the point where even if Bud does do his stupid thing of playing like eleven deep they probably can hit some shots um, down that deep. Um, so, yeah, just running shooters off the line and also not playing dumb defensive schemes. Like, I remember a couple of times in last year's playoffs, I don't know if it was necessarily against the Bucks, but uh, the Heat played a bit of a zone that you weren't a huge fan of. Um, I was fine with it against the Bucks. The more we kept using it, the worse it got, especially against the Lakers. Yeah, so don't play dumb defensive schemes, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what the right defensive scheme is. It's probably just man, but, like, again, then you're running the risk of losing a lot of offensive rebounds. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know what the answer is for the Heat, but just don't play stupid. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> a, b- a big factor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, in terms of our, our key matchups, I'll go first on this one. Um, I think it's Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton. Um, so, Jimmy Butler actually missed all three of the games against the Bucks this season. Right. So, we haven't actually really seen, you know, them kind of against each other. But the thing is, Middleton actually led the team in scoring in those three games, not right. Giannis. Yeah. So, having Jimmy Butler... I'm. 
would Jimmy Butler be guarding Chris Middleton? Yeah. At least partially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Having that extra defensive effort and like having that, you know, strong big guy actually defending Middleton might hurt him a little bit more. Like, you know, Giannis obviously is very difficult to stop. Yeah. But if you can kind of take away Middleton, at least it's harder for the Bucks to win. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it's what a Razor can do against Giannis. Because um, we had Jay Crowder last season um, against Giannis, and it, it's, for stretches it worked pretty well. I don't know if a Razor is as good defensively as Crowder. He's a bit taller and a bit longer, but I don't know if he's actually as good of a defender. Um, and if Giannis can expose a Razor more than he could crowder last year then the heat's defense is just going to have to do a whole lot more work yeah uh as a bunch uh, which is going to lead to wide open shots for the bucks um so that's i'm i'm hoping a can sort of hold his own you know obviously within expectations uh of you know defending Giannis, who's a 30 point game scorer um but he also needs to hit open threes on the other end because yeah. if Giannis can roam <clears throat> while um and leave a razor out there then the Offense for the Heat just gets that much harder. As yeah, well. yeah, for sure. All right, and let's get to our predictions here. Uh, so I have the Bucks in six. I've got the Bucks in seven. I really wanted to take the Heat in seven, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think I think the Bucks have just have too much. With Drew Holiday is huge. Like, yeah, what he brings on both sides of the court is pretty big for the Bucks. I just think the Bucks have enough weapons as yeah. to where you know they they do manage to take care of business in six like oh i it, this isn't a matter of like oh one guy's gonna have a really great game therefore they win i just think the heat are gonna have solid games throughout the series i just think overall the bucks are gonna be better yeah i think so <laughs> bless you <laughs> you all right uh let's get to the final eastern conference series with the knicks and the hawks um and my key to the series uh for both teams actually it's just intensity um, <laughs> bring the heat. <laughs> bring the heat. Like, these are two teams that haven't been in the playoffs before. Two very young teams. Crazy that one of them's going to be in the second round, actually, because these are not teams you would imagine to be second round teams. Very crazy. <laughs> um, I think it's literally going to come down to which team plays with more intensity. I mean, yeah, that's definitely going to be part of it. Um, especially, yeah, you're right. Two teams that haven't been here before. Um, it's just going to come down to who wants it more as it always does in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, but, but who plays like in a playoff team? Yeah, really, is what it's going to be. Um, for me, I've, I've got that um, the Knicks need to stay in front of the ball handlers of the Hawks because the Hawks have a fair few of them. Yeah. Um, guys that can handle the ball and drive lanes and create, you know, open passes and shots for um, teammates and stuff like that. Because, um, yeah, if the Hawks ball handlers like Young and uh, Bogdanovich and Lou Will um, and even kind of gallow to an extent. Um, if those guys can break down the Knicks defense with a drive or something like that, I think that's where the Hawks will get a lot of lobs to Capello and stuff like that, or Collins and open shooters, um, shots for their shooters and stuff like that. So there's the Knicks need to stay in front of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I agree on that. And then, yeah, I've already kind of talked <laughs> about my <laughs> prediction. Uh, yeah, for the Hawks, um, they need to make Rosen Barrett win the series for the Knicks. They n- need to get the ball out of Randall's hands. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I feel like they have a pretty good selection of guys to go against Randall. Mm. Um, John Collins especially is going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, I don't know if John Collins is strong enough. But I feel like he's big enough and athletic enough. He, he can out-athletic out Randall. He can. And he's, I think he's an inch taller. Um, and he's not that much less strong, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like, yeah, obviously Randall's the craftier player, but I don't know if if Collins can be good defensively, um, that'll be really important. And they'll need to make Rose, who's obviously had a good season, but he's a bit older, and Barrett, who this will be his first playoff series, um, and sort of, you know, has obviously had a good season, but needs to show this in the playoffs, which, you know, he could waver here in the playoffs in his first playoff series, especially if the expectations and the brunt of the offense is put on him a bit more. Yeah. The thing is, I could see that exact same situation applying for the Hawks as well. Right. It's like, I feel like any of these guys, I feel like most of these guys are going to waver yeah. Like on both teams. I, uh, like, I, how many vets are there really around these teams? You've got Derek Rose, you've got Gallo. How many other guys do you really have that yeah. like have legitimate playoff experience? Yeah, I mean... Even Gallo's like not yeah. that much experience. I mean, Lou Will's around for the Hawks, but he hasn't been great in the playoffs um, through his career. Um, I don't know. I'm not worried about Trey Young. Right. Really. Like, I feel like he's going to still get his 25 and 10 or whatever okay. in a playoff game. Especially against this Knicks playoff team. I disagree slightly, um, okay. which gets me gets me to my key matchup here. Um, Alfred Payton versus Trey Young, actually. Mm. Can Alfred Payton make it physical? And, like, it, it, it's similar with the Embiid thing. I don't think Trey Young is going to get all the same calls that he has been. He's been relying on those calls a lot this true. season. That is true. And if he's not getting those calls, he's going to get frustrated. He's going to start missing shots. I think he's going to really struggle in the playoffs. He seems okay. like a guy that's... He is a guy that I'm worried about. I'm almost tempted to hit the panic button <laughs> again. Um, I am legitimately worried. Like, Alfred Payton's a fair... Uh, you know, obviously, he's not the best player, but he's bigger than Trey Young. Then again, most guys are bigger than Trey Young. Um, he's just... he can, If he can make it physical, he's a guy that just takes a few fouls, makes it hard on Trey Young. Um, and don't let him get those stupid free throws that he tends to get. Right. I mean, the only thing there is that Peyton plays like 15 minutes a game. 15 minutes to get six fouls? I guess, but that's sort of giving Trey what he wants. Um, I don't know. I, I see, what you're, see what you're saying there with the free throws for Trey. Um, and obviously, players get more physical. Um, and he's not the most physical guy in the league. Um, I, d- I just think his shooting, especially his playmaking or his passing, is what will still carry over, um, especially with his pick and rolls with Collins and Capella and stuff like that. Um, yeah, my matchup is is Collins and Randall because mm. um, if Collins can d up on Randall and then make Randall work on the other end, sort of being a lob threat and being someone that runs around a little bit, setting screens and stuff, and putting Randall in the action with Trey Young, mm. um, I think that's something that could be for the Hawks, but also it could be. Like, if Collins can't guard Randall, then this Knicks team looks pretty set. Yeah. Which gets me to my prediction, at the very yeah. least. I don't think Collins is going to do a great job against Randall. I don't think anyone's going to do a great job against Randall. And mm. I think Trey Young's going to struggle. I have the Knicks in five. And honestly, mm. you might be able to talk me into a sweep. <laughs> this is very interesting. Because <laughs> I'm almost the complete opposite. I almost had the Hawks in this series. Mm. For some reason, I feel like Collins can do a good enough job to disrupt what the Knicks do. Um, to me also this almost comes down to who has the better coach <laughs> like because mm-hmm. if because you know Tibbs has got the defense set for this Knicks team but the Hawks have been really good since McMillan took over yeah like if one of them can figure out the other coach and get their team to play that way I feel like it's going to go whoever that coach is interesting series okay. is um, but I see this going a bit longer, actually, just because we've got two inexperienced teams. There could be a lot of highs and low lows mm. throughout these games. Um, so I'm going to go the Knicks in seven. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because I feel like Tibbs maybe gets the edge. And yep. Randall's, you know, the best player in this series, kind of. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird considering it's Trey Young. Yeah. But yeah. One was an all star this season, one wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get let's move over to the West here, um, and let's start with the Jazz and not the Warriors, the Grizzlies. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Wiggins sold. Andrew Wiggins sold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Unfortunately, I missed the end of this game. <laughs> it was so good. Like, yeah. I think as soon as you left, the Warriors went to a seven zero run. I was gonna say because the Warriors were down like seven or eight points, mm. and then it went to OT, which I kind of wasn't expecting. Um, and yeah. then I put on my Draymond Green jersey, and that's them. what cost, that's what cost them Remains the game. Curse them. <laughs> that's the prop for the. Do you want to grab the jersey? <laughs> um, no. Uh, so yeah, the Grizzlies they earned it. They played very well, yeah. um, and good for them. Definitely. But they're gonna lose the series. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, so for me, the the key for the Jazz is just eat the Grizzlies bench up, just eat them alive. Yeah. The Jazz have such a strong bench. They've yep. got, obviously, Joe Ingles, they've got Jordan Clarkson, they've got Derek Favors. They're just going to eat the Grizzlies bench alive. Like, the Grizzlies have an okay starting lineup. Jonas Valanciunas is pretty pretty good. Um, John Morant's obviously very good. But, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be tough. I mean, to be fair to the Grizzlies, I don't know if the Warriors were going to fare any better. No, no. I, I In fact, I think the Warriors were done worse. Really? Interesting. After, after watching after these what games... We saw, like, it's so easy just to collapse on Steph and then what? It's so hard for the Warriors to do anything. Steph had so many turnovers, not even just in this game. I'm pretty sure in the Lakers game as well. Yeah, and when he did get it off, a lot of them were misses by his teammates. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. But, yeah, I I don't know. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. I completely agree. Um, what's mine? Yeah, com- continue to play good defense in the series as well. Play over. like you normally do, yeah. yeah. Though, if Donovan Mitchell isn't back fully healthy, you know, there's something there. Yeah. There's an extra game in there for them. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <coughs> uh, for the Grizzlies, I think the key is uh, draw Gobert out to the, um, to the high key and kind of like just feed off that, really. Like, mm. he, he doesn't do... I don't think he does a great job when he gets drawn out uh, yeah. like that. Um, and we saw that a lot, actually, in this game against the Warriors, uh, where John Morant would get these, like, little floaters inside. Draw him out, get guys like Valanciunas just on the block and like let them just get guys in the dunkers one and let John Morant create for them really yeah yeah pretty much um, yeah I say get Gobert in foul trouble with their size because this Grizzlies team is actually pretty big mm. um, they've got Xavier Tillman Brandon Clark John Jackson Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas um, which is a pretty solid four man like big rotation um, even Kyle Anderson is pretty cr- uh, crafty player. If they can get Gobert in foul trouble and sort of keep him out of the game, they have a better chance of, you know, getting Jar inside and hitting, you know, getting him floaters and then getting his teammates threes and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't think it wins them a series, but it gets them a game. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. And we seem to have the same uh, key matchup as well in Valentinus and Gobert. And kind of just for the reasons I think we kind of talked about just then, yeah. you know, getting Gobert those, sorry, getting Valentinus those nice easy shots against Gobert, like getting him. Yeah. Um, in the dunker spot and things like that, but also just kind of taking Gobert out of plays a little bit um, yeah. and keeping him on Valanciunas. Like he can't roam quite as much um, as he'd like to because you know you've got some good playmakers um, on the Grizzlies, and then if you've got Valanciunas in the dunker spot, he's a strong guy who's going to be able mm. to finish. You can't really put someone smaller on him, I guess. I'm excited to see the battle of the boards between those two too. Mm. Like if Gobert can keep Valanciunas off the boards, then that'll be a big hit for the for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the second and third highest rebounders in the league. Yeah, I mean, and like, we've seen 
Jonas put up a couple of 2020 games and stuff mm. like that this season. And a lot of that comes off his offensive rebounding and stuff like that. So if Gobert can box him out and keep him off the offensive glass, that's a lot of shots that the Grizzlies aren't going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And then as for predictions, I have the Jazz in five. Yeah, Jazz in five for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Grizzlies get a game just playing really well. And yeah. the Jazz don't play super well. Yeah, and it'll probably be earlier in the, se- in the series. I feel like it's like a game two they get. Yeah, and then if they don't get it in game one or two, it's not happening. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. All right, uh, now, next up is the Suns and the Lakers. Very interesting series here. Um, Dylan, I'll let you go first. Um, they need, yeah. This is tough. Yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't the Lakers lose just one more game for the season? Congratulations for your second seed, Suns. Yay. You get to lose in the first round. <laughs> oh, this is tough. Oh, uh, um, yeah. But, you know, it's not without complete hope. There's a no. There no. is a pathway. But I don't think it's going to happen. But mm-hmm. what they need to do is they need to make the most of the non-AD at centre minutes. Yeah. Uh, when Drummond and Harrell out there, they need to make the most of that and get shots in the paint and just pick on those guys. Because when AD is at centre, the matchups are pretty poor for the Suns. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for pretty much everyone on the court. Um, and pretty much when Aiton's out as well. Mm. AD is going to have a field day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm kind of similar with you in that I just think they need to get eight in as many shots at the rim, in particular uh, against guys like Drummond and Harrell. If the Lakers were smart, they would play Marc Gasol. And in fact, I really think they should play Marc Gasol. I don't think they're going to, but I think they really should. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, Aiton just kind of feasting on those guys while AD is out. And, you know, making things hard for AD. AD uh, is kind of soft as we've seen in various <laughs> playoff series um you know make it really physical and just kind of getting up in his face really yeah i mean not even just for Aiton, but also for chris paul making the most of those minutes because chris paul can get to his mid-range when when um drummond and Hale are out there and even with gasol i don't think gasol makes that much no. of a difference when especially when it's cp3 doing the work um but with ad at center he's just such a you know, obviously such a defensive beast that he can sort of guard the role man and Chris Paul at the same time and just make it that much harder. Yeah, he can close out really quickly. Yeah, gets a lot of block shots off, off jump shots, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, my key for the Lakers is just stay healthy. And I think they're going to win the series, but, like, it requires them to have both LeBron and AD. If one of those guys isn't there, I think the Suns have a really good chance of winning the series. In fact, they probably will win the series. But, yeah, they just got to stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, which is has been a big ask of the Lakers mm, this season. Recently, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> um, for me, it's that they need the Suns. Uh, sorry, the Lakers need to take of their size advantage over the over the Suns, because really, the Suns' only center is Aiton. Yeah, and after that, they go to Saric at center. Darius Saric is a center. Yeah, um, <laughs> except he's not. <laughs> and one AD is going to kill Saric. It's going to be. Hard to watch. Mm. Also, Harold might kill Saric. <laughs> I don't know. Saric isn't that physical of a dude. He's going to kill you with jump shots and sort yeah. of stuff like that. Harold's going to go straight through him, I feel like. Play some Frank the Tank. <laughs> uh, well, he'll be the four. He won't play center. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, the Lakers are just so much bigger than the Suns. Um, even when AD's at four, it's going to be... Their starting lineup is going to be Jay Crowder at the four. So Jay's going to have to guard AD, which we saw in the finals last year, mm. which there were moments, but it, it wasn't was great. Game. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the first two games or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, the this yeah size <laughs> size big big <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, our key matchups. I again, I we've kind of gone the same thing all yep. all, all over here. It's just the center matchups, really. It's, yep. You know, seeing how Aiden and Sarge, uh kind of do against Drum and Harold Gasol. Um, again, I still think they should play Gasol, even yeah. if they don't. But like. I mean, Aiton and Sarge, I think, will have a fine time against Drummond. Yeah. Because Drummond sucks. Yep. But, yeah, no, it's Harrell. And it's like, you know, when you play AD at center, and it's just like, it's just big. It is just big. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the LeBron-Bridges matchup. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what Bridges does um, defensively against LeBron, but also offensively, if he can make him, like, if Bridges can run around enough to keep LeBron focused on defense that's another win for the Suns mm. keeping him in, engaged and making him work that bit harder uh, that's a good win for the Suns especially if we can draw him away from Chris Paul and Booker yeah and let's just acknowledge the fact that you know Chris Paul and LeBron James will be playing against each other in the playoffs also which very is cool. fun yeah but yeah uh, predictions uh, I've got LA in six same yeah I mean is this book book's first playoffs right yeah yeah um I'm excited to see what Booker does, actually. <laughs> we haven't talked about him this whole time, but um, he's got some... He doesn't have a real, like, scary defender against him. Like, KCP's good, hmm. but I still think Book can get his. Definitely. Um, so, we could see some big games from Book. Um, I just know, interested if that's ultimately going to be super impactful um, against this Lakers team. Hmm. Like, if Book scores 35, but, you know, Aiden gets beat up on, and Chris Paul can't do what he has to do I still think it's I agree yeah. yeah I think Book gets his points I think Bridges might get a few points mm. here and there like he gets some nice open shots but like yeah, yeah no ultimately it'll come down it's kind of a battle of like the third options really yeah um, and I think you know the Suns third options are going to really struggle yeah alright uh, now let's get to the next series here with the Nuggets and the Blazers and I'll go I'll go first here um, I think the Nuggets key to the series here is just generating scoring from the guard positions They've got their big man scoring. They've got Jokic. He's going to get the points. MPJ is going to get the points. Yeah. But they need some guards to, you know, put up some points, especially because Dame and CJ McCollum aren't the best defenders of the world. Um, obviously, so Austin Rivers has an illness, a non-COVID-related illness. Hopefully, he's back for the series. He's, a, you know, he's a bucket. Yeah. If Will Barton comes back, if PJ Dozier comes back, then I'm not worried about this. Right. Because those are all guys that can definitely score. But right now, they're kind of just looking at Monte Morris. He's a good scorer. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, they're looking at Monte Morris to kind of get them a lot of points, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, um, do enough for them from the guard position to kind of do that. But if they do generate that scoring from Monte Morris, if Campazzo hits a couple open threes, and if those guys come back and you know do their thing, Dozier and Barton do their thing, I think the Nuggets have a pretty good shot in the series. Right. Um, yeah, I've kind of got a, a similar route in terms of scoring. I just think whether it's the guards, but I wrote down the forwards, um, like guys like Aaron Gordon, Millsap, if Green can hit open shots, yeah. if uh, Barton can, um, who's kind of a guard, um, can do you know his offensive stuff, then that's really important to go against the Blazers' wings, who on paper match up well, but sort of, I don't know, I've been disappointed with them throughout the season. Interesting, um, okay. In terms of guys like Rocco and Derek Jones Jr. and stuff like that. Um, so if the... If the Nuggets, uh, like forwards, can contribute offensively, then I think it's a pretty good chance for the Nuggets to win this series. Yeah. Uh, and then for the Blazers, I kind of have the same as you, generating scoring from the forward position. Because mm. like like we just spoke about, 
Royko's not the biggest scorer. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., not the biggest scorer. Um, Rodney Hood's a bit of a scorer, so they, they do have to worry about him there. Um, no, Rodney Hood's not there. Sorry, not Rodney Hood. Uh, Norm Powell. Yeah, sorry. there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. It's that trade. Like, yeah. <laughs> all three of those guys are the same, right? They're kind of the same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see the confusion. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, Norman Powell is is there, and, you know, he's going to kind of be their wing scorer. But, like, get another. If they can get another wing scorer out there. Obviously, Mello's that guy as well, but he's coming off the bench. And I weirdly don't think Mello's going to have a great series. Um, well, he's back in Denver, so that's pretty cool. Mm. I didn't think about that, so I just said, um, I don't know if he has a good series or not. I think he... I know, there's a lot of big guys to match up with him, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel like Millsap is weirdly a tough matchup for him. Yeah, actually, I kind of agree. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, I just the Blazers are hoping that the defense picks up from their wings uh, in guys like um, Covington, Derek Jones Jr., and even Mello and Powell. Um, they need those guys to be effective against MPJ. Yeah. Um, and even helping off guys to Jokic and then recovering and stuff like that. Yeah. But also they need them to hit shots. Um, especially Rocco and mm-hmm. Mello and Norm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's very important for the Blazers because they need good defense. And because their offense is sort of so easily, you know, handled by Dame and CJ, yeah. and then them just fighting open shooters, I think the defense is what will win them a series. Yeah. And that kind of gets me to my key matchup here. It's uh, Mike Boyd Jr. versus Robert Covington. Yeah. Um, can Rocco really s- slow Mike Boyd Jr. down? I, I would venture to say not really in that it's he's not really a guy that gets slowed down he's just a guy that gets your shots no matter what yeah. either he hits them or he doesn't it's interesting because i feel like roko is a pretty effective guy off the ball which is where mpj obviously gets a lot of his stuff i feel like it's on the ball where roko gets exposed a little bit more yeah um so this will be interesting because this is sort of in covington's wheelhouse yeah defensively um but you know mpj has been so good and then the, the other months. Yeah. And then the other way around there, um, you know, if Roko's not hitting his shots, MPJ's like weirdly a very good shot blocker. So yeah. if he can kind of help off guys a little bit while he leaves Roko to, you know, sit in the corner and hit, miss threes. Yeah. Um, if he can help off and, you know, help rim protect, uh, along with Aaron Gordon, like that would be very interesting to, to have those kinds of rim protectors helping Jokic around. Yeah. Um, and even if they can afford to keep MPJ off Roko, that leaves up potential minutes for MPJ on one of the two guards. Because I feel like MPJ could kind of run around with CJ a little bit, right? He moves I feel like he moves well. He's enough. fast. He's I don't fast. know if he's I don't know if he's got the defensive IQ to okay. keep up with CJ. Am I a bit am I a bit overambitious there? A little bit. A little bit. Alright. Maybe I don't know. I'd be okay, you know, I'm okay sticking Austin Rivers on CJ McCollum. I'm okay yeah. sticking Kabazum on CJ McCollum, actually. I know you have a very different opinion on Kapazo. Yeah. I feel like Capazzo is going to have a tough series. I'll be honest. Um, my my matchup is actually Jokic versus Nurk because um, one, there's a bit of history there. Bit of history. Nurk obviously left I, the Nuggets. I think it's not, behind them. not between those two, but in general. I actually saw a quote from Jokic the other day saying that if they right now, like the way they have developed their games, they could actually play together. Like, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Maybe a little bit of tampering there. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently, yeah. No, obviously they couldn't play together when they were both uh, in, when Nook was in his second season, Jokic was in his first season. Yeah. But yeah. Um. um yeah, but also like, if Nook can play good defense on Jokic, a lot of things go wrong for the Nuggets. Um, like obviously, so much goes through Jokic for the Nuggets to be good. If Nook can hamper that a little bit, um, then that brings the you know the series down for the Nuggets a lot. I, I don't, don't see Nurk being super active in the passing lines, though. I was going to say, what's 
what sort of is the precedent against these two guys since Jokic has been really good? Like, I mean, Jokic tends to get his against Nurk pretty okay. pretty well. Nurk obviously plays very well against mm. Jokic as well because Nurk is the kind of guy that really goes after centers like Jokic a bit yeah. slower. He really likes to get physical with him. But yeah. ultimately, I think they kind of both play to their capabilities right. against each other. Neither of them slows each other down, but obviously Jokic has a much higher level. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the the thing is Nurk's not going to be able to get into the passing lanes quite to the degree. And I think Jokic is... De- is good, good enough in the post to score at him. Yeah. Not necessarily at will, but like relatively easily. Yeah. But Nurk will also be a wrinkle for Jokic on the other end. For sure. Yeah. yeah he's going to, Jokic is definitely going to have his hand full, hands full trying to stop Nurk. And there might be some, I think there's going to be a lot of foul trouble this series for both of them, which is yeah, scary. Yeah, I can see that. Nuggets, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because yeah, one, one is definitely more valuable than the valuable other. Than the other and <laughs> yeah. Um, and now as for predictions, uh, I have the Nuggets in seven. I've got the Nuggets in six. Um, yeah, the foul trouble scared me a little bit actually. <laughs> just talking about that, but I generally I feel like Jokic is like just too good. Mm-hmm. Like I have full confidence that he can get every guy on this team going. Um, pretty much, <laughs> especially with MPJ. So, um, I just think the Nuggets, uh, sorry, the Blazers just won't have enough on offense. I have them in seven just because there's no precedent of the Nuggets winning a series in less than seven games. Which is this fair. iteration of the Nuggets winning a series in less than seven games. Yeah. Um, of their five playoff series, four have gone to seven games and three were wins, one was a loss. Yeah. Um, I mean. <laughs> and that loss was against the Blazers two years ago. Yeah, which is interesting. Because mm. this is more or less the same team. Like, pretty similar. Like MPJ kind of replaces just, Murray. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Apart from that, it's not a whole lot different, but yeah, Jokic is better. So. Yeah. All right, and let's get to our final series here. We're actually a bit faster than we were expecting to be. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our final series here is Clippers and Mavs, and I'll let you go first on this one. Um, yeah, the Clippers need to be really good with their wing defense, uh, with their wing defenders, who they have lots of good ones. But yes, they need to be on point because yeah. Luka Doncic is coming, <laughs> and he's going to have the ball, and he's going to do lots of Luka Doncic, thi- Luka Doncic things. Um, like... And it's got to be Paul George on the matchup. Um, we saw that it's last not Kawhi? year. No, it's not Kawhi. They're going to save Kawhi. Kawhi might play the last five minutes on Doncic, but mm. we saw last year in the playoffs it was Paul George running around with yep. him. Um, and Paul George needs to be good on him because Doncic is very, very good. He is good at and if And honestly, if they could shut Doncic down, this series might be over at four. But I don't think that's going to happen. But no. they need to be as good as they can be against Doncic. Yep. And that's how they win the series. Yeah. For me, it really comes down to shooting. Again, this is one yep. that I've got for both teams. Um, of their matchups in the playoffs last season, uh, four of the six games came down to just who shot better. Yep. Um, the other two were pretty much... Like, they were the closest games of the series, and they both shot very similar percentages. Yeah. So if w- if one team is hitting their open threes and one team isn't, it's over already. Like, it, I, I think both teams kind of play in a similar sense in that they're going to try to get inside and then kick out to open shooters. Yeah. If those open shooters are hitting their shots... Namely, Paul George is kind of the main guy. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the series is going to come down to. I guess the question is, for me, I guess the question is, is Paul George going to hit his corner threes four games out of seven? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it, I also went with shooting for the Mavs, especially. Um, they rely, like, the, the threat of Doncic is he can get his own, but he can also find everyone. But, like, if you can force him to find everyone, but they miss their shots. Yeah. You're winning. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of up-and-down shot makers on the Mavs, like like Trey Burke and um, uh, Jalen Brunson and Jason... Uh, Jason Richardson? It is Jason, isn't it? 
God, he's a heat player. I should know this. It's either Jason or Josh. No, it's Josh. Oh, my God. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Josh Richardson, um, who hasn't been a real shot maker for them this season. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber. Literally everyone on this team needs to hit their shots Yeah, um, at a respectable clip. Also, Paul Zingas is kind of – he needs to be good for them. Mm. Um, he needs to be like a 25-a-game sort of guy, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to count him out, but it hasn't been like it this season. Not happening. It could happen. It happened last year. <laughs> it happened last year. I'm not out on Paul Zingas. He's got good matchups this series too, right? Uh, speaking of, yeah, <laughs> I mean my matchup. I he will match up against a few guys here, but I I think one of the most interesting ones is Ibaka actually. Yeah, big tough physical guy in Ibaka. I feel like he's going to make it really tough for Porzingis. You say big, he's about five inches shorter. That's fine, but he plays big, you know. He does play big, and he's got the long long arms. Um, I I just think his. You know, he's going to be tough. He's going to be physical. He's going yep. to make Paul Zingas hit his threes. And I don't think Paul Zingas is going to hit his threes that much. I think he will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I still like Paul Zingas. Um, but you're right. Ibaka is a very interesting matchup because sort of height-wise, he's undersized. But everything else, he's sort of perfect for what you want to put against Paul Zingas. Um, and Paul Zingas does try and do a bit off the dribble. Um, and against someone like Zubac um, or... Cousins even he can kind of get that, but I think Cousins makes it hard for him as well. Cousins makes it interesting, mm. um, but a buck I don't think he gets that dribble stuff off. It's going to have to be pick and pops and getting open shots yeah. over a barker. Um So yeah, that's a very fun matchup. Um, who have I got here? I've got Doncic and George. Yeah, um, like if Paul George can do well against Doncic, makes everything harder for the Mavs. But also if George can torch Doncic, then that's exactly what the Clippers need. Yeah. It needs to be uh, Paul George and Kawhi making buckets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And let's get to our predictions here. And we have the same one of Clippers in seven. Clippers in seven. Maybe for different reasons. What's your reasoning? I have a Tim Hardaway game that wins them a game. Mm-hmm. A, I mean, probably a Luka game. Right. And then a Maxi Kaliba slash Boban game. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's Bobby going to put up? Uh, <laughs> Call it now. 14 and 12. 14 and 12. Huge <laughs> minutes. <laughs> In 24 minutes. Oh, I like it. <laughs> um, I've just got it because Doncic is going to be really hard to stop. Um, and I feel like he's just going to win them games. He's going to do everything he can. Um, I feel like he's that good now. And I don't know if Paul George is good enough to keep up with him. No, um, no to, I'm not sure either. To the extent that this... To the level needed to not make this a long series. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I think Kawhi and Paul George, and they sort of, I don't know, they just match up a bit better defensively against the Mavs. That's what gets them over the edge. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, now, before we move on to, sorry, before we wrap things up, mm. I just want to, I have one question for you. We're making these, we need to make a prediction now. Who is winning the finals over who in one game, in how many games? We so need to make this now? We're making this now. Obviously, we'll update it as we okay. go. We'll do our second right. round. We'll do our conference finals. And we do our finals predictions. But I just want to see if we can do something now and get it right. Okay. Just we I can like claim that. it's right if we get it right now. Okay. Well, it's it's Lakers, right? Out West. Yeah. It's Lakers. And then it's hard to go against the Nets. It's but, hard. But they have the hardest road through the East. They have the Celtics in the first round, which is much, with as much smack as we talked is still... A pretty for is a formidable team. Yeah. Um, and then they have either the Bucks or the Heat in the second round, which both of those teams is kind of they're gonna make it tough. It's kind of I was gonna say nightmarish, but not really. But it's sort of 
It's tough. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Um, but also the Sixers have the easiest walk by a mile. Like this is one of the easiest walks to the conference finals we've seen in a long time. The Wizards and then either the they Hawks. have the Wizards and then either the Knicks or the Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like the Knicks or the Hawks should be a first round matchup for the Sixers. Mm. Yeah. Um. So they might be fresh enough to come out of the East. Yeah. I will go the Nets though because it's hard to go against that trio. Um. And then Lakers Nets. Um. <laughs> mm. uh, I'll go. See, so there's no AD matchup. Yeah. But I'll there's go- no. I was going to say there's no Kyrie matchup, actually. Which they not really. isn't. I mean, if you're putting KCP on Harden, Harden which would be the smart. There's kind of no Kyrie matchup. Apparently, Schroeder's okay defensively. Mm. I don't know if I like him against Slightly Kyrie. Slightly disagree. And there's Caruso. You could throw him out there. Mm. But I think... But... Mm, give me Nets in s- seven. Give me Nets in six, I think. So, uh, agreed? I, I think the Nets will walk away with the trophy this year. Right. That's a fair assumption. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think many don't, people are going to fight me on that. I was going to say, I don't think you're alone thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So if we're right on that, we get to claim that. Um, yeah, for what that's worth. Yes. <laughs> uh, was there anything else we wanted to add before we wrap things up? No, I think that's it. All I'm right. excited for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm, sad, I'm a bit sad that I'm going to miss kind of the first two weeks of it. I won't be able to watch a whole lot. Uh, I'm sure Ramiz will keep me informed. I will, yes. And I'll watch a few games here and there. But once I finish the semester of uni... Which is, I think it's going to tie them up pretty nicely with the second round. Mm. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. Don't worry. I will have the games on pretty much all day, um, <laughs> yep. or at least they're kind of only in the morning, which is annoying. Like I'm not waking up for the five or six a.m. games. Oh yeah, <laughs> four o'clock Bucks Heat tomorrow. That's today. literally five hours from now. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna miss that. If that was like. If that was that way the whole series, I'd miss my entire first round series of my team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I just couldn't watch it. This episode is coming out after the second game of the playoffs starts. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> You'll know... You'll know the result of one game, I guess. Yeah, by um, the time this comes out. No one's listening. Right. One person's <laughs> listening to this at 7am and he knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Alright, uh, if you guys have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave us a five-star rating or a review. You can ch- follow us on Twitter and Facebook at StatStuffers. You can follow us on Instagram at Stat underscore Stuffers. You can email us at statstuffers 50 Tell us your playoff predictions. Um, other than that, what? Hang on. Hang on. Is he out? Hang so... On. Report comes across <laughs> my phone screen as we're wrapping this up. Let's go. LeBron James violated NBA COVID protocols by attending a uh, event with Drake this week. Um, quickly scanning through. <laughs> uh, league spokesman with ESPN. It's a violation of the agreed upon protocols. And as we have in other comparable instances around the league, it is being addressed with the team. That doesn't sound like he's getting suspended. That does not sound like he's getting suspended. Oh, that would have been spicy, though. Weak. <laughs> Weak NBA. Hashtag, all right, new new thing you guys need to do. Hashtag suspend LeBron. Hashtag suspend LeBron. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Give my sons a chance. Free the sons. Like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>